What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, give Willow the dog a scritch on the head. Feel free to drop whatever you want on the dining room table and come on in here to the living room because sitting here fireside on this balmy August day is our very good friend from the ringer, Cameron Seahawk Hawkins. Cameron, Cam, thank you so much for coming back to House of Wrestling. Oh, thanks for having me, man. We had a, a great conversation last time. Got some really good feedback. And uh, I think the coolest thing was people who do things similar to us or want to do things similar to us. They soaked up a lot of game and they really appreciated some of the things that they heard. So so thank you for letting me uh, be in on that conversation. It was really I, cool. I'm not going to lie. I had I had people coming up to me, at least two. That specifically cited our last podcast together as something they really enjoyed. So you're not talking out of turn. I know that that really, uh, luckily, resonated with some people. So hopefully we can drop some more knowledge on folks today here. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's, that's what the game's all about, get, giving it back. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a great time this week. And I'm very sorry you weren't there, Cam, because it was a, it was a very loaded press pool this time. Bill Apter decided to, to he, he never does this. He comes out. He was getting put over at every turn. Cody Rhodes, Triple H. Everybody's just drop everything and let's put Bill Apter over. You know, yeah, man. everybody was like in um, the people who do what we do. They were taking pictures with him and videos with him, and they were just so excited to be next to him. Um, if if you love what you do and you are very good at what you do for a very long time, people like it resonates with people. It sticks. Like he was, he was, he was cool, Grandpa. It was great to see for sure. Yeah, very cool, Grand. And the best part was after the press conference, Byron Saxton. Uh, got his phone and asked for a photo with Bill before leaving the room, That's which I, th I thought it was great. So Absolutely. props to Byron. Well, uh, we got a lot of SummerSlam to talk about here. It was a big weekend. We've got, we got too much to talk about here today between that and all the AEW news that also broke. Um, I do want to start the show off uh, before we get to anything though, by sending our best out to uh, Steve Mongo McMichael, who continues to battle ALS and was hospitalized to put in intensive care over the weekend. One of my favorite, childhood characters and he he's from the chicago area right because he played for the bears uh -huh. he has or had a restaurant con called mongo's bar and grill out in the burbs and after indie shows we would do out in joliet we'd all go to mongo's right and sometimes he was there and like i have such fond memories from doing indie shows and going there and listening to him belly laugh and ask what stupid stuff we'd done and I actually have one personal Mongo memory that I just wanted to share. Um, it was at an indie. It was in an indie show. It was actually just before the only wrestling match I ever wrestled. I was in this like multicolored robe, and uh, I was supposed to be the first match after intermission. We were going to get the second half going. I was going to get my ass kicked, and everybody was going to love it. And then we were going to sell shirts or whatever. Mm. And as I go into the little, I guess what you would call gorilla, right behind the curtain, it was like a little closed off curtain area. I go into there, and to my surprise, is standing Steve Mongo McMichael. I had no idea. I had no idea why he was in the building. I had no idea why he was there. All of a sudden, I am just dressed like Andy Kaufman wearing a multicolored robe, and I'm, like, prepared to go get my ass kicked. 
and there's Steve Mongo McMichael. And he looked at me and he goes, man, you must be a heel. And I was like, yeah, you must be Steve Mongo McMichael. Why, <laughs> why, why are you here? And he goes, man, watch this. And he goes out, they play music, and I had no idea any of this was happening. And he announced he was going to run for mayor of, I believe it was Rosemont or something at the time. Mm-hmm. And he made this big announcement, and he left. And that's where he announced his campaign, and he was just a wonderful man. He is a wonderful man, and I am sending nothing but the best to Mongo. I just had to spew that story out as we were talking about Mongo. So Absolutely, man. Um, you know, some of my being my age, like Mongo is really in my first clear iteration of the horseman. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like 95, 96 time. Um, and, you know, I've always had an appreciation for NFL guys, college football guys who move over into wrestling. I think it lends a, some authenticity to it. Man, the ponytail, the Super Bowl ring, the short tights. Uh, the Mongo was definitely uh, a standout for my earliest memories of wrestling. So, yeah, man, we wish him all the best. Um, wish him well. Hope things work out for sure. Dude, that steel briefcase he carried around may as well have been a gun. I was yeah. the scariest weapon in WCW, right? Absolutely. So. All right. Well, anyway, sending our best out to you, Mongo. Um, if you're watching the show right now, if you're watching us every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern in video form, you are watching us first run on Premier Streaming Network, a great platform featuring some of the best pro wrestling outside of WWE today. Go check out Premier Streaming Network. That is the place again to find us in video form Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern before we hit the House of Wrestling podcast feed, which already has interviews that I conducted during SummerSlam weekend. Um, I got interviews over on the feed. We're going to roll out more interviews here in the coming weeks on the show. I've started writing up highlights from many of the interviews. A lot of the more timely stuff that really needs to get on your uh, plate right now. Already over on the site, just coming out of this weekend. Uh, I had a chance to be in a media scrum with Cody Rhodes. I got to be the person to ask Cody Rhodes, how do you feel about your buddies, the elite, choosing to sign with AEW and not come join you in WWE? which I thought was a great question. <laughs> and uh, it got a lot of attention. We got the first run highlights up on the site. Uh, long story short, he's really happy for his friends camp. They're getting the NBA yeah. money now, as he put it. Yeah, man. It was uh, one of the funny things, like people were making a big deal out of like, it's the it's the biggest tag team deal. They had a bigger tag team deal than Hall and Nash. And I was like, well, guys, that was 30 years ago. Like, I hope they did, right? But certainly not to belittle them. Look, um, nobody would deny the impact that they've had on not just wrestling, but tag team wrestling. There's literally a company built off the aesthetic that they and Kenny Omega created. So yeah. it's great to see that be celebrated. Um, I, I think that as cool as it might've been to see them in WWE, I think that, that they're a home game team. Ain't nothing wrong with being really good at home. You know, um, that, that that's where you sell the most tickets and and great on them uh, for securing that deal, man. I think, uh, you know, them, Paige, Omega, like that. this is something they've earned, something they've built. And so who knows how long people are going to last, you know, if they're going to do this another 10, 15 years. But for um, them being at the peak of their powers and doing it under their rules, I think is a really, really cool thing. So, you know, the the five of them. Um, the four in AEW and then Cody, like all really being in fantastic positions. Can't be mad at that. So so it's great that they all have that success at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And this is not the last time the Elite will come up on this show. So we will revisit this conversation because we have much more to talk about here today. I got uh, talking about the Elite. I asked Finn Balor how he felt about the Elite resigning. Really interesting answer from him because I was like, oh, how do you feel? He's like, well, I'd love to work with those guys again, whether it's here, whether it's there. I was like, here or there. 
wait, what? You want to go over to AEW, work with your buddies? He's like, I'm open to it. So there you go, Finn Balor. Um, and uh, just one more random one. Montez Ford, he confirmed that uh, the Hulu series, him and Bianca have been filming, it's wrapped. So I'm going to guess that we're we're not too far off from actually getting whatever this this Hulu series is going to look like. You know? Yeah, I talked to her about it back in March, I want to say. I think what people are going to find really interesting, like Bianca is so low-key. Um, and clearly Tiz is not. And so you're really going to see a juxtaposition of them. You know, he's always turns up. He's always on 11. And she is, she is very... Um, like docile is not the word, but she's chill, man. She's cool. You know, she she lets the conversation come to her. She lets the energy come to her. And so it's going to be really fun. I think watching them kind of play off each other. It's going to yeah. be cool. I'm excited about it. And I'm a big Bianca Belair fan, obviously, because our good friend Muscle Man Malcolm decided to film me without my permission or knowledge as Bianca Belair was coming to the room or coming to the ring. And as you can see here, I do. A... <laughs> do the braid. <laughs> That's what that was. See, it's me doing a spectacularly perfect, spot-on little hair twirl that Bianca Belair does. And for what it's worth, what Muscle Man Malcolm, pretty pretty stiff here with the comment, Nick Hausman is the whitest white man to ever white. The cookout invitation will be sent via lacrosse stick. Okay, that's fine. I'll take my whiteness. I know um, where I grew up. There weren't <laughs> black people around where I grew up. I know yeah. how white I am. I grew up on Garth Brooks. That's fine. What I appreciated... Um... Yeah, I was it was unfortunate I couldn't be there, but man, it was it was it was new media everywhere, man. There are new rules to this thing. I love it. It was Muscle Man Malcolm, it was Stephanie Hypes, it was Nikki Bushi. Like it, it was great to see new faces in that room, get to go out there, ask questions. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my man Goober was out there doing his thing. It was great. Um, so so yeah, I, I love that. As this thing progresses, as media changes, as content changes, these new rules dictate that new people from, from different backgrounds, different experiences are in these rooms. So, like, only Muscle Man Malcolm being there gets the clip that you created because he's a different kind of cat. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I hope that, like, this, you know, Survivor Series, Rumble, Mania next year, you're going to keep seeing uh, new people with new voices. And, and this content thing is going up, man. It really is beautiful. I, I agree. I loved meeting all the new people. I did more hanging out this uh, this time uh, than I've ever done with with anybody at an event. I just had a blast. Maybe because it was close to just Chicago. Yeah. Not really sure, but a lot of hangs, a lot of good times, a lot of photos. One person I had an altercation with that did not treat me very nicely. If we could pull this up here now, uh, this is my good close personal friend, Bill After. Bill After, what are you doing here? I, I'm here for the media junket. <laughs> no media junkets for you. Get him out of here. And as you can see, Cam, this man, this old man punched me square in the face and left me laying. He did it again. I don't have time to play both of them, but he did it <laughs> twice. I, my hips are busted up now because Bill After, who everyone loves, apparently hates me. Keeps knocking the shit out of me. So whatever. That's what happens when you ask them questions you're not supposed to ask. They 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 gave you non-answers for so many scrums. They finally sent a hitter to come get you. So yeah. <laughs> Bill After. <laughs> Hunter's like After. It's time to take this guy out old school. Remember how? Remember how your buddy Bruno San Martino would have handled this with a crowbar? Bill After being the shooter is hilarious. All right. All right. <laughs> This is the longest intro ever. We do have Shayna Baszler later on, uh, so Shane will be here later. And I just want to send a quick shout out here to Nick Miller. He's a, he's the first actual writer I've hired and kept on the site. He's gonna be here for us the long run. He did a absolutely bang up job here for SummerSlam. It was me and him side by side 
I think we put out 16 articles in about a four-hour period or five-hour period, all of them very well written, and they covered everything that happened out of SummerSlam and AEW and more. So um, go check it out. Uh, Nick Miller, the man, and he's in a band called Mount Oriander. They kick ass as well. All right, let's get to it. We're talking about SummerSlam. SummerSlam was a big show. First of all, PWInsider.com saying, despite some people backstage thinking that a week removed from spinal surgery, a federal grand jury subpoena and the feds issuing a search warrant on his home, Vince McMahon was not at SummerSlam. And some people thought he might be, you know, Um, I just think it's, man, this guy's just going to come back and he's going to be stronger than ever. He's going to be like a cyborg. He'd probably put a platinum rod in his back. Yeah. Him coming back with uh, an adamantium spine, like, like a bullseye would be amazing. Can't keep that man down, man. Nah, man. You know, like, we all got to sit down sometime. This was the weekend he probably needed to sit down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got a lot going on, Jack. Um, I, you know, I I wonder what the energy was like. Maybe that's a question I need to ask. I wonder what the energy was like backstage. Um, because, you know, you talk to certain people and it's a shadow that looms over everybody. Um, right. Some people like being in the, in the shade. <laughs> Other people like being in the sun. So, yeah. Well, I'll tease this. I wasn't going to uh, run the article or, or run the interview until next week, but I was talking to Zoe Stark, mm-hmm. and one of the more interesting responses I got when I was talking to the different female stars, because there's a big story we'll talk about later, women's wrestling, what's the state of women's wrestling, I'm asking Zoe if the, things had changed after Vince came back, right? Was there a different change in the women's division? And she said, is he back? And I was like, well, yeah, he's back. They can confirm that. And she's like, I don't talk to him. I talk to Hunter. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to do with Vince McMahon. And she was very deliberately blunt and upfront about that, where she was like, I, I don't know what you are talking about. Uh-huh. The way I structure my backstage creative is directly through Hunter. So yeah. I, I loved your candor. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so, um, so there's your Vince McMahon note on the note of the card, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar came out. This thing could have main evented the show. I yeah. saw people saying this felt like a Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom kind of main event, especially after Cody defeated Brock Lesnar, had what he claims is this impromptu moment afterwards where he got this handshake and hug. He's like, I thought he was going to start hitting me, but whatever. It was, a, it was, I mean, look, say what you will about Cody's loss to Roman, and we will talk about Roman here in a bit. Cody's on fire. He's never looked better. I tend to believe him in that it was impromptu. Cause if you look at his body language, like he was kind of like, yo, what's going on? Like he kind of looked taken aback. Um, even like the handshake and then the smile after like, like I don't think Cody's not authentic, but I also think Cody is a person on a television show. And yeah. so there are cues when you're supposed to do things. Then everything seemed really, really like on the spot and organic between the two of them and, you know, knock down, drag out fight. Um, you know, Cody, I've always said Cody's a stadium act. Um, I think one of the big reasons that he did not fit in an AEW is because Cody's going to hit more bullet points than he's going to tell you line by line, word for word, what the story is. Like, I think that the way that he orates, the way that he narrates is for a very large audience. Right. Um, And so seeing him in an environment like this, he just seemed to fit Brock Lesnar, um, you know, not even passing the torch, but saying you belong. I think was a big deal. And that grin, so much so, they played into it on Monday. Um, They cut the clip of, like, Brock saying, you know, shaking his hand. Uh, Yeah, man, I thought it was great. I think Cody is – 
you know, we, we, we were there, you know, yep. we got, if you've seen any of my socials uh, during WrestleMania weekend, I had that camera flipping around after Roman beat him. And it's just us making face after face. Feel Lindsay walking away from the camera. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Roman stuff is drawing. We'll see how it keeps to draw. But for me, when I look at this Brock and, and Cody story that they told, I think back and I, I probably fell down too deep of a rabbit hole when this whole feud started up at the at the Raw after WrestleMania. Because if you remember, after Brock Lesnar left UFC to come back to WWE, I think it was, what, 2008? Mm-hmm. There was a little bit after 2010. 08 feels right to me. Regardless, they brought it back. Hottest thing on the planet. John Cena sticks around after WrestleMania. They do the Extreme Rules match where it's very bloody. But what happened? Cena Effectively, right? And then mm-hmm. left. Cena left for Hollywood, right? And then Brock had to rebuild himself up after that to go on. And look, it's not hard. It's Brock Lesnar. But yeah. Brock, who had, who had, by the way, just been the UFC heavyweight champion maybe eight months ago at time. Yeah. Right? I, again, my timeline's fuzzy. But he came back and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's going to brutalize John Cena. You're going to have this monster draw. And then you're going to be off the races. And Brock had to rebuild himself after that. This, to me, felt like Brock trying to do the opposite of that. This, to me, felt like I'm going to stick around and do what I kind of wish John Cena had done for me, which is like I'd have beat, uh, I'd have beat him. He could beat me. Mm-hmm. And then I get one more match where we go out on top, biggest big as ever. John raises my hand, and he goes to Hollywood. Yeah, I think this was Brock trying to do business the right way. And for his legacy, and I've said this a couple times, a couple Brock moves recently, I think for his legacy, he did a lot of really good things here with this feud with Cody. I thought it was just very well done, very well executed. For sure, for sure. I mean, you know, Roman's not in the position he's in if it's not for Brock, you know. Um, and, and you know, I think Cena, Cena eventually did business down the road at that SummerSlam match where he just ran through Cena in the craziest thing we'd ever seen, right? But yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that Brock... Um, there's only so many people he can wrestle, you know, like he can't, you're not going to get a Brock LA Knight feud. Right. And there's no disrespect to LA Knight, but like, yeah, okay. I, I, I see the, the sheet. Um, but I just think that it's great for Cody because it's a lot of time between now and WrestleMania, right? How do we keep this guy hot? Um, how do we make sure that, the fans are motivated to cheer for him and it's somebody they still want to be in the top position. When the time comes around, you have him go blow for blow with Brock Lesnar three times, come out on top. And then, Hey, Brock puts a little cherry on top by showing love. Yeah. I, th- I think it was great for Cody. And like you said, it's great for Brock's. Um, it's weird to talk about Brock's legacy because even when you count starts and stops in wrestling, because everybody has starts and stops, dude, we're over the 20 year mark with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy to think that, but but that's the case, man. He's been doing it at a high level for a very very long time. Um, still looks incredible, still moves incredible. He's still incredible, and, and at this point, um, because because Brock is still in his prime, for him to do that for Cody the way that he did it, I think is going to be great for everybody involved for sure. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. I, I very well done. Applause all around for this one, and it looks like Cody might have some new stuff going on here coming out of. Raw, we'll talk about later. But, man, you brought up L.A. Knight. I think you might get some heat for that one. L.A. Knight, Brock Lesnar might be a match people want to see right now because this man is as over as Grover at the moment. He won the Slim Jim Battle Royal. This match, look, you roll your eyes, it's a Battle Royal. 
was maybe one of the better matches of the car. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. That place was on fire. There were a lot of things that people liked. The right guy went over. He cut this commercial after wise. He's better on the other side. Now he's feuding with Miz, who, I mean, couldn't ask for a better dancing partner on the other side. You know? Miz, um, I tweeted last night, man. Like, regardless of how many of you and your friends make spreadsheets about five-star matches and trade them around and turn your nose up at all things New York, Miz is one of the greatest utility players of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a time in early 2010s, I guess, where Jericho is that guy. And, and Miz is not the in-ring wrestler that Jericho is. Very few people are. But Jericho could have a feud with somebody, lose to him, show up on Monday, get on that mic, and get the heat right back. And you wanted to see him with the next guy. And, and Miz is just... Very few people are as involved in what they do and believe in what they do the way that Miz does. Miz will run down his accomplishments. He'll still be a weasel. Sometimes he'll get physical um, and he'll be jealous of like an L.A. night to the point where like, how can you say you're doing it right now? I've been doing it this long. I think that's going to be great for the both of them. Um, L.A. Oh. night. All the guys who went through N.W.A. and got that mic time. L.A. night. Eddie Kingston. My mm -hmm. man, Ricky Starks, that's where you really got to see just how good they could be at letting an audience know what they represented and the thing that they wanted. And him doing that with The Miz, with somebody who does not miss on the mic. Oh, yeah, man, he's set. He's set. And, and you heard the building for him. Like, if there was a lock of the night, if you're the type of degenerate that bets money on wrestling, <sighs> it was for L.A. Knight to win that battle royal. Easy money. Hot, man. Easy money. And you're not wrong about NWA. How they pivoted from that to Tyrus is beyond me, right? There was lightning in a bottle for a moment there where even I was kind of like, you know what, maybe do Billy's doing something. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. We're not going to talk about NWA. Um, Gunther picked up a win over Drew McIntyre. I was surprised, but not surprised. I mean, as hot as Drew is right now, and with all the kind of smoke around the fire that is him, his contract talks and creative things, I wondered if they were going to give him the title to kind of satiate him and elevate him and, and get something going. No, man, he got fed to Gunther just like everybody else. And this man is now about a month away from being the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time, beating hockey talks record. And it looks like he's going to have to get through Chad Gable one more time as Gable won this number one contenders match on raw last night. Thoughts on Gunther and the IC title picture, I guess. So for me last Monday really informed what was going to happen on Saturday. I'm um, having him go out there and not be, be able to beat Gable in the time allotted to me meant they were going to revisit that here pretty soon. Um, you know, I've been a proponent of Chad Gable since the NXT days with him and Jason Jordan. Um, sure. I thought he got a raw deal with the shorty G stuff, but I'll tell you what good wrestlers, the really, really good ones. They, they persevere in spite of, you know, um, and look, when you can go out there at that size and, and, Hit uh, what's my man's name? Hit Braun Strowman with the flip, uh, German. Like, you got a job forever if you don't mess up, right? Um, I, I'm really excited to see those two go at it again. And you, listen, man, I would put that not after Gunther beats the streak, but whatever week he's gonna pass it, like that Monday before. Gable being the last challenge and have them go out there and give them 20, man. I, yes, 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 yes. And, and it's weird because like Gable's my guy to beat him. 
right? Like that's my guy to beat him. But um, is it going to happen this soon? Don't know. Um, I would love to like Royal Rumble around that time, somehow get back to him and Sheamus and let that be Sheamus getting the grand slam. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, Gunther's been smoking it, man. Um, I, I, I Somebody was like, Dragunov's going to be the one to beat him. I was like, no, don't let Dragunov beat him again. Like, I don't want that to happen again. Maybe it could be a thing for Braun Breaker. I don't know. But I would I would roll with this a bit longer, especially with uh, with Ludwig Kaiser, like, getting a bit hotter right now. Like, oh, he's great. He's yeah, great. I, I would let them roll a little bit longer. But I think that that match with him and Gable, as far as a televised match, that's going to be up there with their match of the year contenders if, yeah. if they let them go. And, and I'm with you. I think Sheamus would be a great candidate. He's talked about how he didn't. He feels like his momentum really wasn't the same after that. He's like, we had. I was over. Mm. I was so over after that. Why do we do more? So, yeah. I mean, once he gets past the title record, you know, anything's possible. I would love to see Sheamus on the side. Guy deserves it and has just been working his, his ass off recently. Um, Shayna Baszler beat Ronda Rousey in an MMA rules match in a bout that I've. I mean, look, I, this has got to be right behind the pitch black match at Royal Rumble earlier this year as far as... I'm not kidding. I mean, as far as crowd reaction goes, it goes pitch black match for this year, pitch black match, Rousey Baszler. They shit all over this thing. I don't. There's no nice way to say it. This is boring chance. Crowd was dead. People going to the bathroom. People on social media saying, please kill it, it end it with fire. You know, it was not fun, um, which is unfortunate for me because I think both of these women had done a pretty decent job building to the match. I thought Shane had never looked better. Um, and then after the match is over, after Shayna beats her, after he, she makes Ronda tap out, Ronda takes to Instagram, says, uh, because, you know, now that we've done this, there's uh, nowhere else, that, no reason to stay in WWE, giving everybody the impression she, she may not be back. And Shayna is now the baddest woman on the planet, I suppose, and, and is going to be positioned more strongly. But the, it didn't feel like she came out like a bigger baby face on Raw. In fact, they were kind of pivoting her as a heel and. I was very confused by your booking on Raw. I don't know what they got out of this. Yeah, I'm at media on Friday. Um, somebody asked Shayna, so hey, it's an MMA rules match. What does that mean specifically? On Friday, so the match is Saturday. On Friday, Shayna's like, I mean, I really don't know. Yeah. Like, it could mean this, or it could be these rules, or it could be the unified rules. So she... It, for them to set that up so late and not really have it worked out exactly what they were going to do, um, I don't feel like that's the kind of uncertainty you can go in with a Ronda Rousey. You know, Ronda is a star. Ronda is not a star pro wrestler. You know, um, she's had good matches. She's had good moments. But I feel like you have to be meticulous with her, um, even with her best friend in there who is great. You know, so having uncertainty go into a thing like that, they would have been better off just wrestling and just, just make it a submission only match, you yes. know, um, that, that would have been fine, but yeah, it's unfortunate because, um, I know you got Shayna on later today and it was great. We're doing the promo for everything. And of course, like I had a cool conversation with Shayna at WrestleMania. So, um, and I was wearing the same sweatshirt, um, <laughs> but we had a good conversation, but I told her, I think you're the most complete wrestler that the company has. I told her Bianca's mom thinks you're incredible and she loved watching y'all go at it. So like not Shayna is so good on so many levels that it's unfortunate that she's going to be in a better spot, but it had to be like a bump in the road to get there, you know? And then I also think that MMA people and not just MMA, but, but people who exist outside of the wrestling bubble, 
and Shayna, I'm sorry, and Ronda is kind of notorious at this. She doesn't handle losses well, even no. the losses that weren't real. You know, um, I, I think that she's had an issue reading the room a lot of times and how she responds to defeat. And I don't think she did Shayna a favor in the specific way that she said it. Now, I do want to say this, though. The build for it, that video package, they should have been doing that with Ronda for every big match she's ever had in WWE. Um, people think that I'm, I kill Ronda when I say she's, she's saying too many words. There are way too many words in her promo. They're trying to squeeze too many words into a short period of time. And they're like, well, you know, she has, um, you know, um, um, whatever um, thing she has. I don't want to use the wrong word in what I describe it, but there is kind of an issue with speech with her. And it's like, She's if not there, eloquent. She's not an eloquent, yeah, confident If there's speaker. an issue, yeah. why exacerbate it? Like, why not do it the way you did it with this promo all along? It was perfect. Her tone was perfect. Her pace was perfect. Her emotion was perfect. The, the only thing bad was the match. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and look, I I, I think that Ronda just, I, I think she struggled to find herself in her tone. The best, I think the best version of Rissar was at the end here. Yeah. There's a lot of armchair booking, coulda, woulda, like, I'd have loved to have seen her Paul, paired with Paul Heyman in a kind of Brock, Le like a female Brock Lesnar role sure. to compensate for the talking stuff. We never really got that. I thought that her as a heel here at the end, embracing that heel heat after kind of fighting it, like we never really saw this pure heel version of her until this feud with Shayna Baszler. It was kind of like she was a little, she was like a fun heel or she was trying to be a baby face, but she never really went in on being a heel until this, this feud with Baszler. But you look at Logan Paul, he got the message. He was like, we tried the baby face thing. It hurt my fifis, and I didn't like it. But guess what? I figured out the business. I know there's more money and leaning into this. And let's go be a heel and let's have some fun storytelling. And now Logan Paul is one of the best parts of the show. Rhonda never embraced that. She didn't embrace what Logan Paul did. And it just it it stunted her, honestly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, a better women's moment, uh, women's match moment happened later on when EO Sky Shot to the ring moments after Bianca Belair had just beat Charlotte Flair and Asuka and a banger. What a finish. She's trapped in the figure eight. She's got mist in her eyes. She grabs uh, Asuka for that cradle. I thought it was a very beautiful finish. Everybody's on their feet. Uh, uh, uh. Out comes damage control. EO Sky. You know, people got a little nitpicky with this show about like, hey, referees, you know, what are you doing here? Um, Bianca wasn't on her feet <laughs> for this match. That used to be a thing. Both people have to be on their feet. Bianca's on the ground. Bell rings. Moonsault. Uh, out goes Io. Regardless, it was a great match. I think it was probably too early to put the belt back on Bianca. And I'm really happy that there was just kind of this blip. And I'm excited to see what happens with these women. I thought it was just very well done, Cam. Yeah, because now um, Io has three challengers. You know, um, she's mm -hmm. got Charlotte. She's got Bianca. Um, she's got Oscar. She's got Bailey looking over her shoulder. Um, and, and my favorite moment of the night is Bailey clocking Charlotte with the briefcase. Like Bailey is so she, just her physical comedy is great. And Bailey is a nasty heel who never has to say a bad word or call anybody a slut or a whore. She's amazing. Yeah, she's so good. Um, but yeah, her cracking Charlotte. I just tweeted like, "Why did she do that?" And when I meant why, it wasn't like why did she hit her. It was like, "Yo, the <laughs> the effect, like the cartoonish effect of cracking her was amazing." Uh, but yeah, I, I think the thing with Bianca was they probably wish Money in the Bank was in February. 
right? Because then Bianca gets to experience that new title. And mm. I, I think, I really think that's what it was. I think it was, man, you got me carrying this show designated belt for all this time. I think it was to say she's been WWE Women's World Champion. Um, to ah. have that, like to have that locked up. Um, but yeah, man, that EO Sky has been hot since Puerto Rico. Hot oh, yeah. since Puerto Rico. And so, yeah, I, I think new blood, man. And, and we've known how good she is even before she even touched American soil. Um, I think she is, it, it's weird. She's maybe the best high flyer I've seen that can't jump to the top rope directly. But the way she athletically, athletically gets to that middle rope is just incredible. Yeah, I think she's going to have a really cool run. And that ecosystem for her, she's the first women's champion in a long time where all the challengers who are above her not only have like this larger WWE resume, but athletically, she's right there with them. You know, yeah. um, I think that the, what they did with Liv Morgan was probably too much too soon and not done quite in the right way. They should have made her crazy earlier. Right. But yeah, man, EO Sky is in a great position to put on some really good matches through the end of the year and going forward for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then um, in the uh, men's title matches here, Seth Rollins, he defeated uh, Finn Balor, bunch of shenanigans, bunch of confusions that rolled over into Raw. And Roman Reigns, he retained his undisputed WWE Universal Championship in tribal combat after Jimmy Uso returned, cost Jey Uso the match. Um, not everybody seemed to just like Seth Finn, resulted in some good storytelling on Raw. But this Jimmy Uso return has not been met with like fanfare. And there's a lot of people now, and I believe you're one of them, saying that this is starting to feel a bit repetitive what's going on with the bloodline. Uh, do you think that this is. Do you think they've jumped the shark? Do you think that we're going to see this affect viewership? How do you how do you think that the end of this match will play out? I think viewership is going to hold number one. Um, as the bloodlines is the greatest soap opera in wrestling, and I think that they're going to be able to maintain that audience until WrestleMania. I really, really do. Now, um, Jimmy and Jay, and Jay specifically, the torment he goes through, the emotion that he goes through. Um, to me is like the highlight of wrestling right now. I love watching him go through it, but man, you can only put a guy through it so many times. Um, I don't know how they tell this. I don't know what reason they use. I think everybody's going to tune in to watch them. I think the people who are sick of it have been sick of it, right? It's They're going to be able to look at the people who like it and say, see, I told you. The people who like it, I think, are still going to like it. I do not think this is going to negatively affect things. If you were if you were sick of it, if you just got sick of it on Saturday, you've been sick of it for months. You know, mm -hmm. so um, I'm interested in how the manipulation and the gaslighting continues. Uh, but my man... Uh, my man Ebo from WrestlePierce was like, they're going to get out there and they're going to talk for 40 minutes and they're going to yell at each other. And somebody was like, yeah, and 2.9 million people are going to watch it. So it's like, yeah. I was just, I was just kind of confused by it. Like, I just didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm also confused. Um, but <laughs> Friday night, 7 o'clock, I'm going to be right there confused uh, with something in my glass and something on my plate trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm heading into Raw, and this broke uh, just a little bit before SummerSlam. There's been a shakeup at the commentary desk. Michael Cole moving back to Raw. He's going to be calling the action with Wade Barrett, and then he's going to be staying on SmackDown 
with Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves. And the Variety Report says the reason they they were going to keep him on SmackDown is just because they want him to keep working with Kevin Patrick, mm-hmm. who they see a big, bright future for, but think he could, you know, learn a lot from continuing to work with Cole. Mm-hmm. This guy, man, I love how people have turned their attitude on Michael Cole in the last year or so. I know that his work with Vince not being around where he can make stardom references, he can make references that you didn't get mm-hmm. when Vince was in his ear all the time, I think has really upped his work. But he's a Hall of Famer. This guy is going to go down as an absolute legend. I'm happy Michael Cole's getting this. And I thought him and Wade Barrett were wonderful on the call last night. I thought yeah. they were a great duo on Raw. I'm really looking forward to more of those two together. The NXT UK takeover that they did in Ireland, I think. Am I making up a show? No, I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. This was I think it was ago. Balor and JD went at it. Um, yeah. It's if you had never watched Michael Cole in WWE and that was your first experience with him, you'd think he was the best commentator in the whole world. He was incredible. The way he was calling, the references he was making, I was like, oh, so he's had that all along. Like oh, he's, yeah. He's had that the whole time and we've been getting vintage X, Y, and Z. I feel cheated. But that's when I knew. I knew how good he was at that time and it's been great to hear him. Um, Real journalist. Real wartime journalist. He knows what's going on out here. He, he cares about the world um, of wrestling outside of just his bubble um, or the bubble that he's worked in. And he's been great. Yeah, well, for sure. Michael Cole does what a good uh, journalist slash commentator does, which is get to know your talent, right? And your talent, does their, their journey doesn't start for many of them in the performance center. I mean, this guy sits down. He takes notes on literally everything. You know, I got to work with Rich Bikini in Warrior Wrestling, who used to call SmackDown and worked under Michael and learned from Michael. A lot of little tidbits that, you know, constantly have a pencil, constantly have something you're he, Michael Cole, apparently always listening to what people are saying very closely in the ring, jotting down little lines that he wants to bring back later in the show. I mean, meticulous kind of stuff, right. you know, so a legend, a goat. Happy to see him. Happy for him and Barrett. I love that duo. Too, and Raw was hot uh, at points. It was kind of ups and downs for me, but largely a lot of action happened. We talked about LA Knight and such uh, the new day. Back in action, Kofi Kingston back from injury. Him and Xavier Woods beat the uh, Viking Raiders. Um, maybe we'll get a little feud there. But it wasn't a full New Day reunion. Is Big E still not back in action? And uh, I held this one back because I wanted to put it into the New Day segment. But obviously, Big E did this uh, media scrum during SummerSlam weekend. And I had a chance to ask him how the doctor's appointments are going. When can we maybe expect to see him back in the ring? And this is when Big E let everybody know that some of the specialists, some of the spinal specialists that he's working with right now have told him to never wrestle again. And he's not, you could hear in his voice where it's like 80% weighing on him that he may never wrestle again. It did seem like there was a small sliver of him that thinks it's a possibility, but based, we've got the video out there. It's on our Twitter. It's on, we've got the highlights on the site. It didn't sound to me like a guy that felt very confident he was ever going to wrestle again. Yeah. And, um, you know, him and I went to dinner uh, in January and had a similar conversation. And of course, it was not my place to to put his information out there. So I'm glad that he's been able to do that. But yeah, he's um, you know, they, they've they've honored his contract through you know whenever that's going to be. So he'll be in the fold. Um, and hopefully he'll continue to be in the fold after that's expired. Um, but 
you know, he said, if I don't get to do this again, I'm satisfied. You know, he has outside projects. Um, the cartoon he's working on with Andreas Hale, um, I've watched some of that. Um, it's really, really good. Um, you know, Biggie's a great spokesman for WWE as a whole. Um, you know, we, we wish him the best, man. If he doesn't get to do it again, he did it better than most. Um, he's in that very small fraternity of, of black WWE champions and, um, just one of the best people to ever experience, um, we've ever experienced in this space. So, so wish him well in whatever he chooses to do for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing is I'm happy he got to go to the top of the mountain. I'm glad that he got to carry that title and got to go out to college sporting events and ring bells and represent the company on that level. Like he got that, you know, and the last one left of the group is Xavier Woods. And I hope he gets that too. Honestly, I really do. I'd love to see what let, hey. Hey, if you don't want to make him champ, just let him beat Gunther. Um, but yeah. <laughs> He'd be great. Him and Gunther would be a lot of fun. But I get the vibe Woods and, and Kingston decidedly back in the tag team picture. And For sure. Ho hopefully they could do something with it because as I brought up with nearly every tag team wrestler I talked to this weekend, there were no tag matches on SummerSlam. Yep. So <laughs> it is an interesting time for that division. Um, Gable Stevenson did show up after Raw. He did a dark match segment with Dolph Ziggler. Pretty straightforward. He's from Minneapolis. Ziggler was ragging on how there's no... Great athletes from Minneapolis. Gable comes out, tosses Ziggler around. Everybody's very happy. Very opposite reaction, it sounds like, from what the Observer said, than uh, what he got when he took on Barrett Corbin. On I was in the building. I was in the building. Ringside, man. And uh, listen, I, I, I did a show. Um, I did a stream on Monday uh, or on Saturday with True Heel Heat before, uh, before SummerSlam. And I said, look, if WWE only ran shows in Minnesota, he gets cheered all the time. I, I literally said that if they only ran shows in Minnesota, but to bring him in front of the audience that is so tuned into the internet, like the NXT audience specifically follows wrestling on the internet and on social media. One Google search might determine how you feel. All right. On top of that, like when you are literally doing kind of the cookie cutter thing with Kurt Angle. You're presenting him almost the exact same way to start. They hated Kurt Angle. <laughs> they hated Kurt Angle when he came You're out. Right. It maybe learned from history on that yeah. one. Yeah. But Kurt Angle had this insane charisma to where he could conquer that. And Gable Stevenson seems like a guy who's very good at wrestling. And I don't know if that's ever going to carry over in the way that they expected to. And, you know, talking to corporate people in WWE, he is, they got a lot invested in him. They tell the NIL athletes and the new people they have coming in about him and how he's about to be a guy. And now he's coming to TV like he was a very big push in the college kids. They were trying to get um, to go from NIL to the PC. And I just don't know if that's going to be the selling point they wanted to because I don't know if it's going to work out the way they wanted to. Yeah, I'm I'm out. I'm out to lunch. I know Hunter is very invested in Gable. I've talked to other people, Hall of Famers that are just not sold on him. And we'll see what happens. You know, hey, a pretty belly to belly. It's a beautiful suplex. But one suplex does not a career make. Um, last WWE item here before we run through some AEW stuff and then we'll get to Shayna Baszler. Um, TMZ broke the news. Sonya Deville tore her ACL and her tag title match against her tag title defense against Charlotte and Bianca. No word on when she's going to be back, but she put out a Twitter video. Uh, telling everybody she's going to be working hard. Michael Cole was on Raw last night, and he said we're going to have to find out who becomes the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So after 21 days, Chelsea Green, Shayna Baszler, has been the latest of the cursed Women's Tag Team Champions. This belt is cursed. Cursed. Who has worse luck than her, man? Like, Nobody. I said it from the beginning. Um, 
and no, nothing outside of wrestling. That stuff's unfortunate. I'm glad that's all taken care of. But you come in, great look, and what's your gimmick? MMA wrestler. And you're and you you look great. You're down at NXT. You're doing your thing. What do they do? They sign Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. That's it. Like what you the thing that was unique about your character is gone at that point because they got the people who have been known to do it at the highest level. That happens, you know. She she gets close to stuff with with Mandy and that kind of falls apart. Finally, gets a championship and you know. WWE women's wrestling is kind of a world where the fans think everybody deserves the belt at some point. Everybody should have a championship reign. But man, she worked hard. She really made stuff happen over the years. I know. As soon as you get on, you get hurt. I oh, wish her the best, man. Hope she comes back and, and I hope she gets right back on track. And that's unfortunate. It really is. And this isn't even talking about the heroin ordeal where somebody broke into her exactly. home and like violated her space. And like you oh, talk about oh. bad luck and bad circumstances. Yeah, yeah, I hope she comes back the other side and kicks ass. All right, real quickly here, we got a couple AEW items to get through. And again, Shayna's just here, not far away. Uh, Collision was this past Saturday night. It was uh, There was another member of the media streaming it on a laptop near me. So I was able to watch that at SummerSlam at the same time. Highlights of the show. Jim Ross came back, called the main event. CM Punk retained the real world title over Ricky Starks. After the match, Starks got some insane heat by beating down Ricky Steamboat with a belt. Uh, also on the show, FTR challenged the Young Bucks to a rubber match at All In, and Samoa Joe also challenged CM Punk to a real-world championship match at All In, which looks to go down as well. Hey, look, despite the SummerSlam competition, and look, I know, look, I got some fast nationals over the weekend, right? I thought the show, when I shared those numbers, which everybody really shat on and fine, whatever, uh, I thought they held up better than I expected. A lot of people thought that, that Collision was just going to get buried, if it is a 50% cut from where they were last week, which is their second highest rated show, not a bad night for them as they continue to find momentum. And we were breaking news about Collision on the site as SummerSlam was going on. So I thought they put up a good effort. I'm happy with the matches. They're building to it all in. And again, Ricky Starks looked like an absolute star. Just beating down Steamboat. I loved it. It's great. Quick Collision note. Um, so... In the original finish, like after the match, Ricky Steamboat was going to chop Starks, and that was kind of going to be it. Ricky Steamboat pulls Rick and Punk into a room and tells them the finish that we saw. And, now, hey, you, you know when to bring me on. Brought Rick to tears because he appreciated it so much. So salute to Ricky Steamboat for making a good thing a great thing so wait and, and this is brand new knowledge that you're dropping on everybody here right okay well you're getting a headline so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know that's my man and so we we talk about you know how how things go and and, and you know especially so, after the match you know i was like oh dog you killed it he was like cam like this is what happened and i was like oh that's so cool yeah man salute wow. to steamboat man yeah that, that, that's dope because Look, wow. think about how cool and how physical and how visceral that was. Ricky Steamboat's idea and this whole thing was: look, man, this is supposed to make you look good, not me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Ricky just let Ricky Steamboat let Ricky start beat, beat him down with a beat him down with a belt with his own belt. Yeah. Wow. Man. That's yeah. amazing. And Ricky Stark brought to tears by this. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and he's typically like only brought to tears when Gucci has a sale. 
So yeah, man, it was, it was, it was cool, man. He, he really, he really appreciated that. So it, it's fun wow. seeing the legends give back like that for sure. Dude, and you know, look, you're also working with CM Punk, who's like a legend in his own right to be in a room where you've got punk and Ricky, the dragon steamboat being like, mm-hmm. we're going to get you over tonight. Oh, I get the feels, you know, I get goosebumps when I, I got my hairs on the edge right there. When I think about things like that, God damn, I love what they're doing over on collision. A lot of good vibes over smaller, there. Smaller, smaller cast, maximized. Um, one of the biggest gripes people have about Dynamite is you got 92 people over here doing stuff. How am I supposed to block in? Collision said, look, Punk, Rick, FTR, uh, Bullet Club Gold. That's what you get. We're going to go with that. And, and it's and it's worked. It is a fun watch and easy watch for sure. I- I think I speak on everybody in the IWC after this weekend's discourse that it would be great if they found like four women to rally around as well. I will. Hey, hey, would help. I will say that. Right. We're Scorpio Sky go. We're Scorpat. It had that one weird like match after like a big match on the first episode. We're Scorpat. He was all over the advertising. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look into that today. All right. Last thing here. And we talk about the women's conversation going on right now. Uh, Fightful. Sean Ross Sapp did this interview with Lufisto. That has gone everywhere. It was the biggest topic of conversation outside of SummerSlam during SummerSlam weekend. Uh, I'll read a couple highlights here. Um, basically saying she thinks Tony Khan is trying to take the women's division and AEW back to the Divas division. She talked about a lot of politicking she heard about going on. She named Britt Baker. At one point, she feels she walked into a room where Dustin Rhodes, Ruby Soho were talking about her in a bad way. Felt a little bullied. Apparently, Dustin made some anti-Canadian comments towards her that she did not appreciate. Uh, she watched Sky Blue sit there and say nothing and be talked down to or just to uh, while putting together a match. Didn't know if it was because she was just green or just because she was told you're not allowed to talk, whatever you take that for. Uh, she said things that were just chaotic in general. She had trouble being paid. She said the men don't care about this division. Multiple AEW women and MJF have now come out with tweets disputing the interview. And in the backlash of that, Lufisto has deleted all of her Twitter because she just can't can't take it um man we could do another half hour on this but we don't have time what what's your uh what's your take on the lufisto interview and the the blowback or acceptance of it my biggest thing is people at my job um there are people who are very good at, at at what i do where i work some of them love it some of them hate it we can have the exact same job, work in the exact same building and have different experiences. And it does not mean that one of us is right and the other one is wrong. We all like experience our environment differently, right? So I don't know if what she's saying is true or not. Here's what I know. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho and MJF don't live at the same house. So for everyone to kind of tweet at the same time about her not telling the truth, if you don't think like, if that doesn't strike you as strange, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think that on her end, um, she should have expected some blowback. I think that on their end, and then them just being AEW, I think that when you actively jump on social media to refute something somebody said, you have to remember you're like the big dog in the fight and what the ramifications are going to be for that person. I do not think they would have been hurt at all not saying anything. Because look, I know people who love working at AEW who think it's the greatest thing. I also know people who said they would never sign with AEW because they feel it's chaotic. Again, 
people have different experiences at the same place. And it's unfortunate that that has to start resulting in name calling to the point where people have to delete their socials because people won't leave them alone. Well, and I think that the reaction to it sadly kind of validates what she was saying in a way, because if, you know, if the conversation she's having is I felt bullied, I felt like there was politicking, I felt like there were groups of people working together to keep other people down. We just saw that play out at a very big platform. You know, we saw a group of people come together and try to, to squash somebody and dismiss them. It's it's not a professional approach. It's not an HR approach. It is a it is a gang mentality to deal with a situation. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I do hear quite a bit about in the AEW locker room, you know? And See, like, yeah. yeah, look, man, New Year's 2021, you know, Big Swole came out, said what she said. And really, again, if you listen to what she said, it wasn't damning. It was like, hey, this thing can be better. And the boss jumped on social media. And I've had conversations with people. And I was like, you have to understand why he can't say that. Like, even if that's exactly how he feels, even if he's not just being emotional, he can't say that because it's going to create a snowball effect. Like if I don't know if if Pat came out and said that they're not going to call him the things they would call a woman who comes out and says that. Like, you have to take these things into consideration when you're running a business. And so it sucks, man. Um, And again, none of this is me saying she was right in how she felt. It's me saying, you know, sometimes you got to be the bigger man in the situation and just let that go because AEW is not going to lose one single dollar based on what she said at all. And what is she going to lose? Her peace of mind, number one. Um, Yeah. And, and, and the thing I think that really is unfortunate about this is I would try to make Lufisto an advocate for AEW, right? If she had a very negative experience and you can generally win her over and make her feel that things are different or that she is heard or that they're going to move on this and try to maybe address things, then that's that's a win. That's how you take a negative and you turn it into a positive. I agree with you. I thought that the way that this was all handled was suspect at best. And I I really wish that they'd, be more professional when it comes to addressing things like this, you know, and, 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 and you don't have to, you don't have to, to defame people. You don't have to go after people because I, I agree. I hear what she said. She said she was getting death threats. You know, people are going yeah. after and all this stuff. Nobody deserves that kind of treatment. Yeah. Nobody. And look, I've been on the receiving end of <laughs> people with 1.3 million followers that want to have my ass ripped, whatever. Um, it, it, it's, it, there is a certain, certain amount of thick skinnedness you need to have in this business, but that's not an excuse. Yeah. You don't just bully people and say, well, if you don't have thick skin, you shouldn't be in this business. Yeah. You shouldn't bully. You shouldn't bully and there shouldn't be that gang mentality. And again, I have unfortunately heard about stories like this in AEW. CM Punk is the most obvious example of this. It is very weird to think about a guy who is a legitimate MMA artist being bullied. But look, it is a situation where a group of people did not obviously want to make this guy's life easy in that company. Yeah. And when you know, you're surrounded by a bunch of people that tell you nobody's ever liked you, Nobody's ever going to like you. You are not welcome here. You just, it takes a while. It, do, it doesn't take long to get turned up and put your guard up and, and react to a bully. And the only way, unfortunately, sometimes people know how to react to bullies is to punch them in the face. And that's literally what happened oh, nearly a year ago today. So uh, anyway, I digress. We've got an interview here to throw up. Let me, uh, let me grab this here. Uh, I should have done a better job with my due diligence having this prepared to go, but here it is. All right. If you can stick around here for just a couple minutes, Cam, I'm going to play the Shayna Baszler. We'll do a couple minutes on the other side. We'll wrap it up. Here it is from the media junket for WWE SummerSlam, me and Shayna Baszler. 
It's Nick Hausman here, House of Wrestling at WWE SummerSlam Media Row, and I am joined at this time by WWE superstar Shayna Baszler. Shayna, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Now, uh, last time we chatted, I talked at length with you about teaming with Ronda Rousey, possibly defending the tag titles in NXT, and then 24 hours later, the entire meat of that interview was completely destroyed as you... Sorry about that. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It was a great conversation. I really wish I could have put some of those quotes out into the world, but none of them came to fruition. Uh, you two, I know you and Ronda have wanted to have a feud and a match for a long, long time in WWE. How long ago did you find out that this was actually going to be coming to fruition between you two? I mean, I, I don't even know if there's a real answer to that because this whole thing has been, I, look, I'll say it like this, with the entire landscape of wrestling kind of going through a bunch of changes in the past year, it's been hard to know uh, what's going on, even like week to week. Um, so, you know, we're doing it now and we're trying to make gold out of it. Let's go. So there's a lot of speculation, rumors, innuendo that after this match, Ronda may be done with the company for a while, maybe forever. Are you anticipating us seeing more Ronda Rousey beyond SummerSlam in the future? I mean, if I have anything to say about it, she'll have a hard time eating without a straw. But uh, if I know Ronda Rousey, and I do, you've never seen the last of Ronda Rousey. So, uh, you know, whether that be next week or next year, who knows? We'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes tomorrow night, and then we'll, 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 we'll go from there. Well, I'm very excited about this MMA rules match between you two. I've been openly telling people I think you guys are going to steal the show because how physical I think the bout's going to be. Um, with an MMA rules match, I think about the lion's den. I think about the fight pit. Is this match going to be contested in some kind of cage, or do you think it'll be taking place in the ring? I think uh, I think it's going to be a ring, honestly, and that's just me surmising because of the stadium and like the logistics of everything involved. However, uh, you know, people might not know this if they're, especially if they're recent fans, especially if they're just fans of MMA in the United States. But there's a lot of MMA, and I've fought a lot of MMA in a ring. Um, when you look at old pride fighting oh, yeah. in Japan, that was in a ring. In fact, a lot of pro wrestlers fought with their martial art as professional wrestling in pride fighting. So uh, I think it's very limiting to say this has to be in a cage, this has to be in a thing. It's not real MMA. I mean, the, the rule sets vary so much for MMA. It's just that people maybe aren't as aware of some of them. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, this is an MMA rules match. Do you think it deserves an MMA referee? Would you like to see a big John McCarthy in there or something like that? I mean, especially with the UFC tie-in these yeah, days. I mean, I would like it just because those guys are familiar with who we are and what we can take. Because always the fear with a referee is that they'll stop the fight too soon. Um, and I get that they have to keep fighter safety in mind, but that's always kind of like the fear is like, do they know that – you know, I'm willing to let this go a little bit further than usual. Do they know that if I'm being punched in the head, maybe I'm okay? So it's, I'd like to just for familiarity purpose. Um, but, you know, hopefully I don't leave this up to a referee or judge. So. Well, after you two have your MMA rules match in WWE, is there an interest in you two taking this into a UFC ring especially, or octagon, especially considering the Endeavor uh, tie-in you guys are going to have here very, very shortly? <laughs> That's... That's something to think about afterwards. If we, you know, this is going to be, look, this is going to be one of those matches where win or lose, we're getting messed up. So we'll see how we feel about it after it's done. All right, last question here. In the last 24 hours, 
a conversation has exploded on social media about the state of women's wrestling right now in pro wrestling. Now, uh, we only have two women's matches on the card. You're one of them, right? But Trish Becky wasn't there. A lot of people looking across at another company right now and their women's division. What's your take on the state of women's wrestling right now uh, in pro wrestling in WWE? I think that um, it's an interesting topic. I would love for their, obviously, you know, we're never satisfied. Um, we want matches and time and everything else that everyone on the show wants. Uh, but it's it's hard to not argue that the story is going on right now. And here's the thing about pay-per-view and TV and whatever. You know, Raw, SmackDown, they're getting 2 million viewers or more. And you're going to get views. If you're on a pay-per-view, if you're on TV, it's going to get views. So it's really just about getting out there and being allowed to tell your story. And we... You know, we're always fighting for more for the women. Um, we've come so far. You know, we've come a long ways, and we have a long ways to go. But just know that we're all, we're all fighting for it. We're, we're all, from the people you think are not, top to bottom, everyone's fighting for it. Awesome. Well, if anybody knows how to fight, it's you. Th true. Thank you so much, Shayna. Thank you. All right, there it was. Me, Shayna Baszler, what'd you think of that? She's great, that? She's great. Um, I, I think that... To be that talented, but still really be humble about it and never really, she doesn't talk about her. She talks about us, like what we want. Um, like she's great. Like she's a fantastic advocate for women's wrestling. Love the way she goes about her business, both inside and outside of the ring. And yeah, I mean, really, she's like, we're not satisfied. We want more. Um, there, there's, of course, we wanted Becky and Trish. Definitely wanted to see that. Um, you know, Becky coming out with lemonade. <laughs> I loved it. I like how she found her. She found her Beyonce phase of her. Career. I, like I feel like she has the um, the equity to where she can be like she can be a little cheeky. She can show that she's like upset about stuff because she, she's she's the man. Like she's gotten there. But yeah, man, I think um, on both sides, um, there's more to do, more to present. I hope as NXT gets better and better when the Tiffany Stratton's and the Roxanne Perez's move up. Um, we, we do see more people in position. Um, and at AEW, I mean, just just put more than one match on TV. Just start there. Just start there. And, and, and yeah, like, you know, people are never going to be satisfied, but don't give them things to be upset about. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, hey, we went Broadway today. Me and, me and Cam, we had a lot to talk about. I'm really glad you all tuned in. Thank you so much for Premier Streaming Network for hosting the video version of the show here today. First run, and of course, if you're not listening to us in video form, you're listening to us in podcast form over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Go over, give it a listen. Uh, give us a five-star rating if you like the work we do here. All that stuff helps push us up the charts. I'll be back on Thursday. I have a very big show. Finn Balor, I'll be airing my interview with Finn Balor from the Media Junket. And I'm also going to have on my friend, Maddie. He used to be called Maddie Starr. He's an independent wrestler. He's from Iowa. I was his manager on the Indies. He's one of the most fun people I've ever worked with in the business. You probably have no idea who he is, but you are going to know who he is after Thursday. And when I was managing him, I was managing him as a part of a stable known as the Elite. That is correct. My manager stable before the Elite was the Elite. 
We'll get into it. I think you guys are going to have a great time. Cam, where can people go to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? Absolutely. I'm on the socials. It's Seahawk. It's C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Uh, that's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Spill. That's Threads, if you still have that thing on your phone. Um, yeah. Um, as far as writing goes, primarily at TheRinger.com. Um, working on something for All In that I think is going to be really, really cool. Um, so the ringer.com, you can find me on Fightful most recently, going over some of the star-making matches of previous Great American Bashes. We talked about Flair and Luger. Um, we talked about uh, DDP and Savage. And we talked about the kind of forgotten John Cena Lashley from 07. So oh. yeah, really kind of went kind of around time about the importance of the Great American Bash and and how what that's really meant to some prominent wrestlers we know. So that was really fun. Um, wrote that at Fightful. And then before that, uh, did a long form interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin that was really cool talking about chemistry in wrestling. Um, so yeah, um, social Seahawk, you can find me writing just about everywhere, giving you words. Uh, yeah. Chemistry. He's breaking bad. I think is what you're saying. I think you're saying that Steve Austin's like, here's how you can make math and be a pro wrestler. He, right? I mean, he's out there isolating in Reno. He might be cooking something up. We don't know. What a great way to end the show. Accusing Steve Austin of making meth. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what we don't do in this house? We don't make meth. No, I don't want to lose my basement. Everybody, thank you so much for dropping by here today. Grab whatever you want off the dining room table. I hate leftovers. Get your shoes. Get your hat. Get your coat. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.